Again, thank you so much for coming to worship with us here at Life Church. We're grateful for the opportunity to, no matter how you are with us today, whether you're joining us on live stream or you're listening to this later or you're watching this later or you have come to be here with us today, we're grateful for your presence. We're grateful, come on, church, for the opportunity to gather. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey, I just want to say thank you so much to a, a few people. I want to say thank you so much uh, to all of you who are serving and leading the way. Uh, to the elder team that has helped us really traverse. We're, come on, uh, we're not at the end of this thing. We know that. We are still very much somewhere in the middle. Uh, we're grateful. I'm grateful to the staff team um, and uh, so many others. Uh, i also like to mention... Um, Clint Frederick and Nathan Hamilton, uh, Nathan Hamilton in particular, but Clint was key in helping us go into the video world uh, and enjoying hopefully those video messages and, and live streaming right now on YouTube. Uh, also pastors Danny and Holly who really were the, the tip of the spear to go into that realm, uh, which is very uncomfortable for me, uh, but pastors Danny and Holly leaned into that and did that right off the bat with real life. And just so you all know how difficult that is, it is difficult. And so pastors Danny and Holly uh, put tons of work and effort and hours into that. So we're grateful for their leadership into that. All right. You know, we're continuing our series. I want to just speak briefly. I want to share a thought today. Uh, reset a divine approach to our earthly affairs. Scenarios, uh, regeneration, new. Uh, reset is not just something for our moment. I believe it's something that we have to step into as followers of Jesus, but particularly in our time and our season. Who knows <laughs> that our community, our society, our world needs a reset? Can I see a show of hands? We need a reset, a, a divine approach to very earthy affairs. And I read last week from Romans chapter 8, which is where we are turning to uh, for the next several weeks. But Romans chapter 8, we're going to go through verses 18 through 31, week by week. But I want to look and reframe again, or re-communicate uh, verse 28, because this is one that it really turns upon, but I don't want to sit on it for too long. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Paul writes, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. And I just want to speak to that briefly in terms of the runway that it provides or the launch pad that it provides for us to see our world and enter into our circumstances. And so these words, and I spoke to this last week, uh, it says this, and we know. Does anybody join me today in saying that you don't know? You are not fully aware. You, you don't understand. Can I have a witness? Does anybody not understand life and circumstance in our here and in our now? That knowing is not about gaining information. We live in a technological age. We live in a Google destroys every discussion, every debate before it ever begins. Anybody with me? Do you remember the good old days where you would argue with somebody and you'd have a fun go back and forth? Now it's like, well, it's this. No, it's that. Google. And it just ends. But it says, when Paul writes, and we know, that word know means to discover. It's an activity to discern and try to uncover. And we know that for those who love God, Love God. This is not the choosing of God to us, but this is 
our choosing of God. It is our reaching out, it is our choice of activity to agape God, to love him, to include him. Just as Jesus invites us to follow him, akalutheo means, hey, follow me. Let me do life with you as you do life with me. And we know that for those who love God, choose to include God, all things work together for good. Does anybody else shudder at that verse, at that moment? All things work together for good. God, have you been paying attention? Anybody with me today? God, do you know where I am? Do you know where I have been? Do you know what I'm walking into and the difficulty and the frustration? And you say, this is for my good? You must be crazy. But that good speaks to the productivity. It speaks to the ability to bear fruit in our lives. You understand that God is not capable of evil, as we looked at last week. And as you can see through the entirety of Scripture, God is not capable of evil or temptation. But do you know that God can use temptation? Do you know that God can use evil circumstances? Do you know God can use those things for our good, the ability to bear fruit? I don't know about you, but we try to garden. We don't, come on somebody, I'm just being honest today. We're in church, we don't lie here. We, out there, yes, in here, no. But we try to garden. We're not the most fruitful people when we garden. We got some things going now. We got a cucumber plant. You go to the Lux house, they have a little strip of like Eden in their yard and they are growing an obscene amount of, of vegetables and fruits. I don't know what Jordan is doing. He's in a PhD program. He's got two kids, a wife. I don't know why he adds a garden to his mess, but some people be crazy. But do you know today, no matter what your circumstances are, according to the word of God, he can use it. It's not saying that God instigated it, but God is declaring, I will use that for your benefit, for the ability for your life in the midst of the storm to be able to bear fruit. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Called means to be invited. Purpose means to be set forth so you can be seen. We think oftentimes of purpose in terms of doing or given a platform to do, but the word of God declares to us that we are invited to be seen. Do you know that no matter what you're going through right here and right now, you are being invited to be watched? You know the creepy eye emoji? The entirety of your life, right here and right now, maybe this is news to you, Maybe this is a reminder, but either way, can I announce to you that you are being invited to be seen, to be watched, to be taken note of. And so within that context, I want to just ask or speak to the subject this morning of when God asks a question. Reset, a divine approach to our earthly affairs. What do we do? How do we engage when God asks a question. Next week, we're going to speak around the subject of productive suffering. That was supposed to be this morning, but I felt to go in a different direction. There's this moment in Ezekiel chapter 37, a familiar passage of Scripture. 
The prophet writes, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. It's important to note that the vision that the prophet has taken into is not one that has the ability or at least the look of fruitfulness. It doesn't have the perception of a good thing in terms of enjoyable or what we would like or desire. There were bones and they were very dry. And he, the voice of the Lord, said to me, the prophet, Son of man, can these bones live? What do we do when God asks a question? And maybe you're like me today, that you've never heard the audible voice of God, and you're still waiting for God to ask a question. But I would submit to you that our lives and our circumstances would put us in a place as we are entering into, hopefully, a reset in our society and in our world in many ways today, a divine approach to our earthly affairs, that we would lean into the notion that maybe, just maybe, God is asking a question. Could it be... That it's not an audible voice or a neon sign, but it's our life and circumstances that are making us pause and God's asking us a question. Son of man, can these bones live? In our life, in our here and in our now, can these dry bones live? Can there be joy? Can there be happiness? Can there be freedom? Can there be regeneration? Can there be a life and circumstance where we don't go from store to store with a mask? Let's get into our present. Can these bones live? Can I submit to you today that when God asks a question, and maybe you are unlike me, and you hear an audible voice of God on a regular basis, and we're so grateful that you do. And I know friends and family members who do, and they journal, and they show me things, and they, they, they tell me about what God has spoken to them. I get a sense, and, and I move into that sense, but I'm just telling you, I haven't heard the audible voice of God. There's a story that I've told years gone by where a swan on the parkway, and I thought it was, anyway, it's a whole thing. It was a scary moment, but I'm here today. But I've never heard the audible voice of God, but there have been moments, and I believe that we're in one now, when God is asking us a question. And when God poses us questions, church, I would submit to you that he's not looking for your answer. God is not looking down or by our side. Can I just correct that for a moment? God is not looking down away from us, but God by our side, speaking to us in our circumstance, saying, hey, can these bones live? He's not looking for a new idea from Russ that he hadn't thought about. He's not thinking that Corey Simon, in the midst of all of his building, in the midst of all of his businesses and all of his children and everything else that's going on in his life, hey, surely you've thought of something I haven't thought of. He's not looking at the wisdom of Jasper being married for 437 years as he has to say, hey, Jasper, do you have an idea that I haven't thought about? When God is asking us a question, listen to me, he is not looking for your answer. He's not looking for our answers. When God poses a question, I would suggest to you today that he's trying our hearts to see if we are willing and if we are available. 
So in our here and in our now, in the midst of the turmoil and the turbulence and the questions that are being posed and, the, and the, really the questions that are being asked, God's not looking for answers. He's looking for willing and available hearts. The prophet wisely responds, and I answered, Lord, you know. Now that might sound a bit cheeky. If my children, I was like, hey, Asa, where's the remote? Father, you know. Boy, you better get out your, right? Don't go trying this. We got children in the sanctuary today. Don't go try. This is, this is, that's not what I'm saying. He's not being cheeky. He's showing that he trusts. He's saying, I have limitations, and oh, God, you do not. I see, but God, you know. And it's not the only time that God poses question. In the very beginning of Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, as Adam has gone astray, as Eden has gone her own way, and they, or Eve has gone, they've gone into Eden in their own way, and all these things are just exploding, even in the midst of perfect creation. God asks the question, Adam, where are you? It's not because God doesn't know where Adam is. It's because God knows Adam doesn't know where Adam is. What do we do when God asks a question? Do we hide? Do we retreat into ourselves? Like our predecessors in Adam and Eve, we cover, we confine. Or do we, like the prophets, say, oh Lord, you know. What do we do when God asks a question? Another familiar question that is posed, Jesus asks the disciples, is in the midst of his ministry, Matthew chapter 16, and they're having this conversation. And Jesus finally poses the question, hey, who do men say that I am? And they say, well, some say you're this and some say you're that. And of course, Jesus doesn't care what they say. Because I would submit to you today, God doesn't care what the everybody says. God cares what you say. When God poses a question, I don't think it's bad to go get counsel. I don't think it's bad to bounce ideas off. I don't think it's bad to construct ourselves and then go and, have a, and let people influence. But God ultimately cares and wants to drill down on where's your heart? What are you available for? What are you willing to trust in? And, of course, Jesus says to Peter, who do you say that I am? Not just in theory, but with your life, Peter. With your level of belief, with your circumstance of living. And so in the midst of these, yes, trying. There's no way to, there are no two ways around it. These are different times. I was driving with Jude yesterday around town. And we were getting in and out of the car, going into the store. He wanted airhead bites. So we went to the store to get airhead bites. And we put on our mask, and we walked in. We came out, we took off our mask. We went to the Ace Hardware because I had a toilet that wasn't working. Come on, somebody. Put on the mask, get the thing, fix the toilet. Amen. And we're taking our masks off and on, and we're going around, and we're doing all these things. And, and I looked at Jude, and I was like, Jude, you get to grow up in this world. He looked at me, and he's like, this is crazy. And I was like, yes. Yes, it is. But might we also remember that the world's been crazy for a long time? And God asks 
and has posed lots of questions for a very long time. He's not looking for answers, church. He's looking for willing and available hearts to be used, to be influenced, and then to be a light to the world around us. Amen. Let me just leave you with a, just a prayer, an encouragement, uh, really a charge that we would step into the opportunities. As I do believe our life and our circumstances very much asking questions today. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather in this capacity. And Father, we do not refrain or restrain or pull back. As you pose and ask questions, as our culture and our circumstance almost vibrates and throbs with just confusion and arguments and opinions, Father, we desire right now to be the kind of people who turn to you who return to the scriptures, who turn to the spirit of God for leadership. May we be like the prophet who heard the question, who recognized the lack of fruitfulness in the world around him, but may we be like him that desired to be willing and available because as he spoke out, oh Lord God, you know, you gave him words to prophesy. You gave him a future to create and step into. And so in the midst of all of these questions, and I am not so foolish to think that some of us here today in our own personal lives, we're wrestling with questions apart from our culture and our circumstance. We're wrestling with questions in our marriage. We're wrestling with questions in our friendships and our relationships and our futures, our, our business opportunities. Wherever we are and that questions are being posed, may we respond with trust to you, our firm foundation. We love you and we honor you. We thank you so much for who you are. And we announce that we will trust you. Oh, Lord God, you know. We see it, but you know it. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen and amen. Hey, we love you all so much. Go ahead and stand with me. Uh, if you be so bold... Maybe you want to give a high five, uh, kind of an imaginary high five. Or if you're the type of person that likes chest bumps, why don't we end today with an imaginary chest bump to people around us. And we're, we're so grateful for your coming. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and, and so many others next week as well. We're going to continue to get this thing right. Uh, just so everybody is clear, uh, the words for worship did not work today. That's not a shift of philosophy of ministry. That has nothing to do with the covid has everything to do with the technology demons of the world, which are alive and well and always have been. Can I get a what what from the church? Hey, we love you so much, and we'll see you next Sunday.